The Athletic. Ladies and gentlemen, it is showtime. Please welcome the team of the Fulhamish Podcast. Hello, listeners, and welcome to the Fulhamish Podcast, your independent voice of Fulham FC. And we come to you on the back, sadly, of Fulham's first defeat of the season. Away at Blackpool, a 1-0 loss. For Marco Silvers, men, my name is Jack Collins, and I will be your host today. And joining me is Mr. George Singer. Hello, May. Hello, May. Ms. Lydia Campbell. Hi, guys. Hey, Lids. And making her Fullerish debut is Miss Hayley Davidson. How are you doing, Hayley? I'm good. Thank you very much. Football aside. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, 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 a, it's a tough one to make your debut on after watching, you know, our steamroll through teams for a couple of weeks and then come back off the international break to that. But we'll get into the game very quickly. And first off, George, you've got some three word reviews for us. I sure do. Um, I've gone with Instagram today just to mix it up. Um, so a few of my favourites, which I went through, um, I enjoyed from the binge ninety two, mute the foghorn. Thought that was a good one. Very good. Um, we've got George Payne with Wayward without Wilson. Uh, something I'm sure we'll come on to. Uh, Dom MCC twenty two with Clockwork Orange Alarm, and Andrew Turbin with Cancel International Breaks, which I think after this week is something we can all agree on. Clockwork Orange Alarm is absolutely excellent. That is phenomenal. <laughs> Any literature references were always going to get a glowing review from me. So I'm, I'm glad to hear it. Let's go on to the game, though. And Lids, you were there. It was a good day out and a very, very poor performance, basically. Yeah, I think that's absolutely spot on. Um, the only reason why it wasn't a complete waste of a day is because I checked another stadium off my list. And um, as you say, it was, a, it was a good day out in the sunshine um at the coast but yeah i mean my word i haven't seen it so disjointed for for quite a wee while now um which was a a, a bit of a shame yeah i think that's pretty much spot on i mean Haley, from your kind of your point of view where where did it look like it was going wrong or was it just one of those where fulham just never really got going i don't think they did get going to be honest i don't think there was ever a period where i really thought this looks like we're either going to turn it around or there is a point where we were absolutely dominating, which to be honest, not saying anything against Blackpool, but if we are looking to be winning this league, which we are, uh, we should be. We should be absolutely going to these and uh, looking like an incredibly top of the table type team that we want to be seeing. So yeah, just massively disappointing. Um, Hopefully a uh, one-off and amongst otherwise great run at the moment. So we'll just have to see, won't we, where it takes us. Yeah, I think we hope it's a bump in the road rather than perhaps more of a, a stumbling block. I mean, George, it just felt like we lacked creativity and, and there was no real plan B apart from chuck the kitchen sink at it. And it was a bit of a strange one just in, in all cases, really. Yeah, I think, um, I, I don't know about the rest of you, I'm, I don't think I'm feeling necessarily as pessimistic as, as I've seen around kind of the socials and the Twitters over the last few days. I think a lot of people are, uh, you know, maybe overreacting. I don't. I don't think we were that bad. I mean, we weren't great. And I think, to be honest, you know, most championship weeks that our performance probably would have been enough for a point. Um, I think we came across genuinely a very good Blackpool side. Um, I remember you mentioned in the Thursday pod, Jack, that um, uh, you know Blackpool's position in the league didn't necessarily reflect how good they are. And I think. 
we saw that. I think they they played really well. I think they pressed us uh, very cleverly, kind of with their two strikers and put Tim Ream and Tosin under a lot of pressure. Um, and I think we came up against Bowler, who had a, a terrific match as well. So, yeah, I mean, obviously pretty disappointing to come away with a loss. Um, I don't think it was a, a dreadful performance in many ways. Um, but yeah, probably just a, a bit of a moment of magic, which, you know, if it went the other way, you know, the, the conversation would be a very different one. Yeah, I mean, that, that that's fair enough. I, I think maybe the point for me and, and the problem for me, perhaps, was that we looked at it and at, at no point did Fulham look like we were creating the kind of chances that we have done through the rest of the season. And it looked in, in other games, Lids, like we are very well drilled, like we know exactly where we're trying to do. We look at our overloads. It all just felt like none of that came to the fore. And it's all well and good saying we got outdone by a moment of magic. And that's that's a fair point, George, and I agree with it. But there is also this point that Fulham didn't look like we knew what we were doing. At no point did I think yesterday that Fulham were going to score. And there was that moment, Liz, when Mitrovic and Bobby Reed went through two on one and they messed that opportunity up. And it was like, well, that just feels like exactly how Fulham are today. That that only came about because of a defensive mistake. And yet it was the, the main opportunity that we had to score, apart from in the first five minutes, perhaps. Yeah, I mean, I thought we were really lacking any form of creativity, um, not just from the, from the centre of the pitch, but out wide. Um, I mean, a lot of our attack and play came down the left through Robinson and Cavalero, and I thought both of them had terrible games. Um, and you know that they have had very good games this season, so I don't want to be too too harsh on them. But I mean, I don't think there was a single good ball into the box, and it wasn't for one to try in. You know, they kept trying, they or else they were like pulling the ball back and tip-tapping about the place and it was just like what you doing like Blackpool are in your faces here if you're going to muck about with the ball there you're going to lose it and that you know you saw how dangerous they were in the break like if they had better um not necessarily better players but they they arguably could have scored a, a couple of goals yesterday um and a lot of it was to do with us giving the ball away in really stupid positions um either when we are in attack you know you shouldn't be you shouldn't be conceding a chance a couple of seconds after you have the ball in the final third. I mean, you just sh- you just shouldn't be. Um, and it happened a, a couple of times yesterday, and then there was other times that in the centre of the of the park. Um, you know, we again dilly dallied on the ball, and you know we knew exactly what Blackpool were going to do. Of course, they were going to um get in, in our faces and put a lot of pressure on our on our players who want to play who want to kind of have that extra time in the ball, you're not going to get that against a team. Um, we well, shouldn't have it against any team, arguably. Any, any team who's well-drilled, you shouldn't have that much time in the ball. But, you know, this is a Blackpool side who haven't won this season. So, of course, they're going to put the pressure on um, and they're going to put as much, give us the smallest amount of time they possibly can in the ball. And it worked perfectly for them and we just fell into their trap time and time again. Is that the worry then, Hayley? Do we do we look at that and go, is any team that presses Fulham in the way that Blackpool did yesterday and presses us effectively, are we going to struggle with? Or is that a day at the office where we can just go, okay, we weren't on our rhythm. Is it going to be a, is that a problem that you can foresee? Or is that just something you go, well, sometimes you just get, you get done by a team who were just more energetic and looked more lively than us? I think I'd be more worried if we had this result again in a month from now, because you can, at this stage of the season, this is a new team. It's a new manager. 
even the players that were here from last season are playing under a completely different style. So you're going to make mistakes. It's how quickly you learn from them. So if we were having this result in October, I'd be more like, okay, they just didn't learn from that uh, Blackpool result. They haven't understood what went wrong from this. Um, I think my only, you know, could this be a sign of something that is a problem is, is as Lydia said, that midfield, it just didn't control anything yesterday. Um, I just thought it was completely lacking. There isn't the, um, well, you know, you can say the international break just doesn't suit us, but uh, Seri and Onoma didn't have the excuse of being away on international duty. So they would be, they should have been able to control that better than they were. They, you know, again, it might have taken them time to get into the game. There was people pressing up against them. But considering what we've seen from them in previous games this season, what what did happen yesterday? Because it was completely the other end of what we've seen over the last few games. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's going to come on to it and we've had plenty of questions about it, but I think it's probably time to, to, to dissect it, George. And King of Crunch replied to us saying, is Fabio Carvalho already crucial to the attack after just six games? And if so, if that's the case, how worried are we that everything is going through an 18-year-old starler appreciated and probably the best player in the championship right now in terms of creativity? But is, it, is that a worry that without someone being able to fulfil that role in a silver system... The creativity breaks down. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? How quickly after a couple of games we're all we're all thinking that. Um, I mean, I, I think the short answer for me is is probably no. Um, we we shouldn't forget we had kind of significant injuries in other places. So um, obviously not an injury, but lacking or potential injury. Uh, Wilson missing was that continuation of the ban or was that the concussion? Um, you know, it was no, that's concussion. A concussion. I think concussion um so that that's one player in mind who i think we kind of really lacked his direct running um i think tete being out for a while also um whilst i love dennis adore as a player he doesn't quite offer the same amount as as tete and i think if we had both tete and wilson but we're lacking only carvalho we would still probably be okay so you know temper that slightly with the fact that we were missing some other significant players um I think for me, kind of where Carvalho sit, sat really nicely was that number 10 role. Um, and I think it suited really nicely with Mitrovic and they were pairing together quite nicely. Um, and I'm, I'm kind of struggling really to warm to this midfield. Certainly, you know, Quina, Quina, how are we pronouncing it? How Kina. are we pronouncing him? Quina. Um, you know, struggling, struggling to, to warm how he fits into that midfield and where Reed comes back. You know, for me, I think trying to get that settled midfield working well is, is going to be the key here. And I think without Carvalho, it didn't, you know, the, the dynamics between those three didn't quite work, I think, at, uh, against Blackpool. Yeah, I was going to come on to this. And it's an interesting one, Haley, to look at. And you go to Domingos Kina, who had a an interesting debut, I would say. You know, it's never good to get pulled at, at half-time in your debut, but it is kind of where it is. It just looked like he was slightly off the pace and, and just not quite into this. That's not necessarily a dig. It is basically, you know, it's going to take time to, to, to embed players into this. It just felt like against a team of this intensity, having someone who was just a yard off and just not quite ready to slot in felt like a massive loss. And, you know, I, I couldn't pick anything he did in that first half that was particularly really interesting particularly you know excellent there was a moment where he cut inside on his right foot and 
last season he scored from almost the exact range for Granada in, in his debut for them, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and I was like, right, this is it. He's going to he's going to unleash. And instead, he just played the safe square ball. And maybe there was just a little bit of, of lacking of, of risk taking. Yeah, he definitely had a hesitancy about his play yesterday. And I would say fair enough. Perhaps he's just nervous. But uh, yeah, I don't think there was anything yesterday that you could take from that performance that you could say, oh, there's the potential in this or there's the potential um, from, you know, his forward play or anything like that. Um, I'm not going to be too mean on him. Uh, It was a debut. And as you say, it wasn't even a full 90 minutes. Um, but I hope that Harrison Reed will start next uh, game on Wednesday. I think that makes the most sense, doesn't it? Yeah, I think so. We've we've got some questions on the midfield makeup and the importance of Harrison Reed. So we'll come back to that point. We'll leave it there for a second. Um, Lids, uh, one big positive, I suppose, and not necessarily in terms of actual what we saw on the pitch, but we did get to see Rodrigo Muniz for the first time in a Fulham shirt. And my initial observation is that he's about 60% legs. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. It was a, a long time. I was convinced he wasn't actually real. Um, and it was just, you know, we put out this rumour to give it the illusion that we were doing something in the transfer window. Um, but yeah, he, he looks to be, I mean, look, he got, what, 10, 15 minutes given injury time. And we didn't get an awful lot of time to, to really show what he can do. But what we did see was someone who has the pace that Mitrovic doesn't have, which is um, a, re- a real bonus, but also someone who he looks quite direct to me. He looked he looked quite, you know, he was straight in the middle um, going into places where there was space. Um, he looked to me like someone who's going to get in the right positions um, and will therefore hopefully have opportunities for, for goals. Um, but look, Again, that that's judging on a on a on a fifteen minute minute cameo. Um, I personally like to see him start on um on Wednesday night. I think we need ro- rotation. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about this um in, in a couple of minutes. But that for me was one of the big reasons why we looked so leggy the other day is because we didn't rotate. Um, and that seemed like absolute madness to me, considering a lot of our players came back very late from the international break, and we have the depth, so why not use it? Um, so I would like to see um, Mini start on, on Wednesday night um, and actually let's see what, what he can do from, from the beginning. Yeah, I mean, obviously we saw that tactical switch, George, and it kind of went to a full 4-2-esque shape um, at that point with Bobby Reed kind of playing as an auxiliary right back. And it's a bit of a funny one because when Fulham do that, you can kind of just watch them and you go, well, we know that what you're about to do here is is lump everything into the box. And it felt like it was kind of bread and butter for Richard Keogh at a large point. I think um, even well, it, it felt kind of throughout the throughout the whole match. We never, you never really had kind of the confidence that we were going to put one away. Um, uh, the, I thought the the Blackpool defence were, you know, really strong. Keo in in particular had a really good game, and I think yeah, I think when you have two tall, big strikers up upfield playing together, and you've got the crosses on the pitch like we have. Um, I think that kind of play was inevitable, and I think Blackpool played against that that pretty well. Um, I think you know, for me, the the interesting one with Muniz is we really know so little about him. I mean, he I was trying to do some some work to you know scope him out when it was finally announced that we bought him, but he played relatively kind of barely any minutes in the Brazilian league. Um, went on loan to another Brazilian team. 
I think he played a, a fair bit in some of the regional leagues and some of the cup games. But, you know, even those are, are very hard to get um, any video footage on. So I think for the first time in a long time, we bought a player that really none of us had any idea what kind of player he was. Like, we didn't really know the style, you know, his style of play. Is he kind of a target man in the in the role of Mitrovic or is he, a, you know, a pacey get behind the striker like a Jamie Vardy? Um, I'm, I can't wait to see more of him. Um, and yeah, I, I think it'd be great to see a bit of rotation and see him get some uh, some more minutes uh, in the upcoming games. Yeah, we're going to move on to some questions soon. But Haley, just before we do, I think it's probably important to actually discuss the goal. I've just realised we've basically ignored the fact that the actual game happened in the middle of this. And then George did point out that it was a, it's a really good goal. It's a really good run. It's a scything run from Bowler. And, and when you look at it and you think, okay, this is this is a good goal, there's also the flip of it that nobody makes a challenge. And, and that's for me, is it, it felt like a hot knife through butter at some points. And and I think when you look at it in in that respect, it's a poor goal from Fulham to concede, despite the fact that it is a good individual piece of skill. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's Seri that gives the ball away as well, isn't it? It was pretty poor from him at that point, to be brutally honest. Um, as you say, they then attack down the right. It's all very quick. Um, but we should have been able to do better with it. Um, I, I, it's a frustrating goal to give away, but they were coming down those wings throughout the game in exactly that way. So if you if you said to me in the first half, how are we going to concede? It would have been a goal exactly like that. So we didn't do anything about it. Uh, but to be, It's already been mentioned, but Dennis Adoy didn't have a great time uh, yesterday. I love the guy, but is he going to cover well? He's, he didn't just slot in really easily as cover there. Um, is Tete going to be out for a, a longer period of time? I'm not actually sure. It does sure feel that way, doesn't it? So that, that's the concern is that uh, Adoy is going to be in that role for a while whilst he's um, recovering for him. So it's it's going to be interesting. Um, we can't complain too much. They, you know, they, as you say, they're, they're attacking down the wings throughout that whole 90 minutes was always coming down those sides. We conceded a fairly straightforward goal. I think my biggest frustration there again was, was Seri and the actual goal taken, but it was it was one mistake. It was a one nil defeat. It wasn't a complete capitulation. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. There's well, I mean, the other thing is that we saw Marlon Fossey get some minutes for the under twenty threes the other day. Obviously, as a, a more attacking right back, I think he got two assists, if I'm not mistaken, both for Jay Stansfield in a matter of minutes. There is attacking options there at, at, at fullback if if we need to rotate a little bit heavily. And I just think Lid's final thoughts, just in terms of you know where Fulham are and and, and what what we kind of take from it. Is, is this just a, a bit of an ego no, ego kind of buster is this one that we just you know got a little bit carried away and look we're excited about it this is an exciting Fulham team it's good to win games and it's absolutely fair enough that we get carried away with these things because it's important to to you know to enjoy things when they're going well but is this just a little you know bump back down to earth game um yes I I would like to look at it from that perspective I think that um in general this season has been fantastic let's be honest we've been a joy to watch at times I don't think there's any harm in us having one of those matches that kind of brings us back to earth a little bit, just reminds us that we're in the championship here. This is a tough, tough league. There are games, feels like there's midweek games all the time, plenty of football still to be played. We're still very, very, very tight in in, in the league. If, if, if we look, you know, I think we're only a couple of points. We're one point off the lead. We're one point yeah. off the lead. Yeah, we're, okay, we're one point off the lead and further down, we're like only... A, only a point or so away from being, you know, sixth or seventh. 
Um, this is the joy of this league as well as it being one of maybe the, 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 the frustrating parts of it. I came away from yesterday thinking that it's more to do with Silva learning about rotation than about, oh my word, Fulham are terrible, the bubbles burst, we're going to finish in the relegation zone. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying anyone else, anyone's thinking that, but let me tell you, some of the people around me at the game yesterday, you would think that we were, you know, about to get um, liquidated. <laughs> that was literally me, Lydia. That was stood behind you. <laughs> it could have been you. Um, and But, like, it, you know, realistically, it's like, look, this is the most unpredictable league in the world. We're going to have ma- matches like that. We're going to. It doesn't make it fun. It doesn't make it, it doesn't give us a free pass to be like, oh, well, oh, well, you know, whatever. We still have to learn from it. But I'm not looking at yesterday's performance and result and thinking, oh, my word, we're absolutely screwed. I'm not thinking that that, that, that way at all. Let's just... Um, the next game, to put it right, is only a couple of days away now. Um, I think this is more to do with Silva maybe seeing that he needs to rotate than than anything else. That's my personal take on it. Yeah, I suppose so. I mean, were you surprised at the starting lineup, George, in, in that regard? Were you were, were you surprised to see the likes of Anthony Robinson in, in this side? I mean, you, uh, he, he had two options, right, of either... You stick with the players who have played so well over the previous, you know, five or six games, or you rotate with the internationals in mind. Um, I think it's really easy for us as fans to kind of take a look at it with hindsight and said that we would have done it differently. Um, so, so yeah, like sure, there, there's an argument that um, a bit of rotation would have been good. I think especially as we have a, a side that is as you know deep as ours is, we, we've got so many different options, and you know. Perhaps arrogantly, I think uh, I think a lot of the fan base think, you know, our B our B team is probably good enough still to to finish in the playoffs. So yeah, uh, I mean it, it's it's really easy to say that in hindsight, um, but yeah, maybe it would have made a bit more sense to see someone like Joe Bryan a bit fresher, um, wouldn't have had you know any any jet lag or or coming from international duty. So. Yeah, it's easy one to say, but but maybe in hindsight, a, a few more fresher legs in the starting level would have made sense. Okay, we're going to be talking a little bit more about rotation and some of your other questions after the break. Welcome back to the Fulhamish podcast with me, Jack Collins, George Singer. Hello, mate. Hayley Davidson. Hello. And Lydia Campbell. Hello. Right, we have some questions, and we talked about rotation there a little bit, George, but there was a question here in terms of from Paul Andrews, and I'm going to throw this to you, Lydia. He said, I don't understand the thinking of starting in particular Robinson and general other international players. We could have had someone like Brian and Mawson who could step in easily, who would be fresh and with a point to prove. Questionable team selection for me, but a woeful performance. I would maybe counter that I didn't think that Anthony Robinson was the major problem with Fulham yesterday. I thought he worked hard. He didn't look that leggy. He just you know, didn't seem to work quite as well with Cav, especially as he has in, in previous games. Yeah, but surely coming off the back of a bit of jet lag, things like that is going to play its part in that. Um, you know, when did Raymond Robinson play last? Was it not like Thursday night? Robinson played Thursday night, played 45 minutes. Uh, Reem didn't play in that game. Reem didn't. They would have well, come back late. Well, even, even with that, though, you have, you know, travelling to the other side of the world, um, you know, with all, with all, it doesn't matter how fit you are, and um, that is always going to take its toll. For me, it's more the fact that he didn't need to start him. He didn't need 
to start. Okay, I think you maybe do need to start Mitrovic being our, our talisman. Um, but there was players there who I didn't think we needed to start because we do have the depth. Um, yes, okay, Robinson he might not have been um, um, the worst player on the pitch, but I mean, I I, I would say that his um, his delivery into the box, I, I you know, he just it did not, it wasn't his day, it wasn't Cavalero's day, um, which is nothing to do with internationals. Um, it was just it just was not his day. Neither of them had good games and for me it's more to do with um I don't think we needed to take the risk of playing the likes of Robinson um after you know that that sort of journey whenever we have Brian who's a perfectly capable standing um I don't you know do you know what I would argue that um there's certain games I would rather have Brian in there anyway um and you know what it's hard. It's hard to really justify the the decision for me. Um, I guess you what always want to put. You know, if you're a manager, you want to put your best team out pop, pop, um, possible. But for this, I thought that we should have. Whenever he realised that it wasn't working, I didn't like how late the decisions were. I, I don't. I don't understand why the decisions to take players off came quite as late as late. And I think we left ourselves in a situation where we couldn't really, for example, take Mitrovic off because we needed a goal. Um, so it would, you know, so why, why not give those players who've, who've just done an awful lot of travel a bit, bit of a break? Um, I, I would disagree with you in the sense that, you know, I know you said you didn't think Robinson was all that bad. Um, I, I, I thought he had a bit of a shocker myself. Um and I, I th- I've I've certainly seen him play an awful lot better and I think part of that even if he didn't look particularly leggy part of it is going to be like psychologically he's going to be absolutely exhausted um and I think for me he didn't need to start the game and that's why sort of the question marks ha- hang over Silva's head for me yeah. I think that's a that's a fair opinion. I, 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 I won't disagree with you there. Um, <laughs> Haley Toby Pensy says, "Did this game against Blackpool show the need for Harrison Reed to be starting more often? I guess, especially against teams playing with pace and intensity in their press, it felt like having both Seri and Onoma, who like to play at their own pace, meant that we lacked a little bit of intensity in the middle." I couldn't agree more. I'm a massive Harrison Reed fan, anyway. Um, but I just think he's exactly what we needed yesterday. We needed to be breaking up what their attacks. You know, Harrison Reed will run around and stop that. I mean, one of the scariest parts I thought of the game yesterday was just we had no time on the ball. We were completely harried for everything. You need someone to be trying to stop that. Harrison Reed would have been perfect for that role. Um, it, it was just a bit. Of, it was a bit odd in that sense. I felt with some of his decision making, as as you've said, it. You know, it's early days. Just learn from it and learn from it quickly. Um, but it, it just, they, they seemed quite obvious to play the, you know, the people that had had international breaks. Um, just talking once my friends, people did say, why is Robinson playing before kickoff? So it wasn't just we're saying this because we've lost. It, it was, you know, it was being mooted amongst fans before the game. Um, and then I also think just with Brian particularly, I don't know how much of a, a message that sends to Joe Brian if he's not even getting in when Anthony Robinson's played 48 hours before does, does it say something to to Joe Bryan that he's not just lower in the pecking order but 
a lot lower in the pecking order. And I just question that a little bit. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's fair. I mean, look, JB's put out some some Instagram posts about going again and, and all of these the above and all the things you expect from him anyway. So, it, you know, you, you don't... Don't worry. I don't worry about Joe Davis' kind of attitude in terms of how he's how he's committed and all of that. I think there's 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 kind of never any doubt there. But it it did feel like a a bit of a funny one, and and perhaps it is a, you know a little bit of blow in that regard. And uh, we got a bit, one here of George from De Bomla, which is a strange name. Um, he says, "Why so many changes? Why did Cabano not start? Surely Reed has more chemistry in central midfield than Keener. Why play Sandsfield in the under 23s if Wilson and Carvalho are knocked? I think maybe that last question is perhaps the most interesting. Obviously, we've seen some of the youngsters get get game time in the cup. We saw um, in terms of what Jay Stansfield offers, I suppose you can argue that if they were going to bring a striker on, it was going to be Muniz. But there is a, a kind of kind of feeling that if you're going to have that creative spark in there, surely have, you know, these, these options available to you if you need something, you know, at the end of a game and you're chasing it. Yeah, I, I think it's um, it's a good shout. I think um, I like how as a fan base we're arguing of not enough changes and too many changes. So uh, I like as a fan base we uh, really can't... We cover all the bases, don't we? A- absolutely. Um, Silver really can't get it right, can he? Um no, I, I, it's a good, I mean, it, it's great that we've got these youngsters coming through and we've had, you know, uh, a, a great run of, of youngsters coming through and providing kind of great value to the club. And I love how we're having this conversation. Um, I think for me, Stansfield is, is still a, a way away from getting significant time in the first team. Um, just the... The, the size and strength of opposition centre-backs means it, it's going to be very difficult for a young striker, leading the line kind of striker, to to play that role. I think Carvalho can kind of get away with it because he drops a bit deeper and finds little pockets of space. But I think it's going to be much tougher for kind of a, a younger, more classic number nine to do as well. Um, and I think, you know, with this is why we've brought Moniz in. It, it feels like for the first time in... A few years we've got a, a proper auxiliary striker as backup for Mitrovic and I think for me the key is going to be how we unlock the best of him um, so yeah for me I'd, I'd rather kind of invest the time in getting Muniz up and running um, hopefully getting embedded into the squad and, and find the role for him in the team that works yeah Fair enough. Um, I'll take this one for you, Lids. And Julian Hare says, how can Fulham find a solution to gaining points slash winning after going behind? Yesterday was the first time Fulham had gone behind this season. But once again, our long-standing issues failing to come from behind occurred. Do you think this is a Fulham thing? Or do you think this is just something that happens in football? You know, it is actually relatively difficult to come from behind. You know, obviously some teams do it more often than others. And we don't, we don't have a particularly great record. I completely agree with Julian. But nor do most teams from going behind, to be perfectly honest. That kind of is one of those things. Um, yeah, and, and to be honest, like I would separate seasons and um different managers as well. I wouldn't really link the fact that, you know, for example, last season we were a bit we well, we were terrible anyway, but um when we went behind, we we were definitely in trouble. We never really looked like we were gonna come back. Um, but I would separate that now because, you know, that was under Parker. It was under a different regime. Um, it was a very different team. 
um, and a different division. I would be more worried if in a month's time, um, in our next, say, the next three or four games between now and the next international break, we went behind in two or three of those games and in all of them we we did, we failed to, uh, to come back. I'd be more worried if there was a trend starting to, to, uh, to play out. What I would say is that, generally speaking, it does show the importance um, of uh, you know being first on the I know it's, it's going to sound ridiculously simple because let's be honest the game of football is all about outscoring your opponent um, but it shows you how important it is getting that that first goal especially away from home um, with a bit of a boisterous um, home crowd you know to be fair to the Black Bull fans like they were absolutely loving everything yesterday um, they were they were right behind their team um, and that absolutely ma- makes a difference um, so yeah, you know, I, I wouldn't be particularly worried um, at this stage. It's only if if you know it happens a few times more, or every, every time we we go behind, we we fail to um, to come back. I'm not I'm not worried about that at the minute. Definitely coming on from that, Haley, and, and Lids mentioned it there. Is is there an element that we are just a team, you know, that people are going to want to get at because of you know the fact that we've come down, the fact that we've obviously brought players in. There's some household names in here, so you know it's a big big scene within, in, in, in this division, there is an element that it feels like teams are here to get us. And I was talking to some Blackpool fans in the pub beforehand, and they were like, oh, we'd be so delighted with the point today. And it seems like a, an, an odd thing to say, considering, you know, they came up with, with, with a good manager, with a decent squad. I think a lot of people feel like Blackpool are going to be safe this year. Um, so to, to be at home, you know, no matter who you're playing against, you, to say we'd come away with a point and be happy with it is a funny one. Yeah, I mean, we, we are that team, really, aren't we? I suppose any team that comes down from the Premier League, you are the, the big boys. Uh, obviously, West Brom are up there as well at the moment. And um, we've also, like, we are the people that have spent money as well. We are the big club. For a championship club, when you know you've got Alfie Mawson on the bench that costs £15 million, pounds, you're, you're a big club in that sense. You are the ones that people are going, oh, they couldn't beat little old Blackpool or whatever it is. And we have to just ride with that, really. Um, I think it got mentioned in one of the questions, but I do think there was a little element of uh, a bit of ego in that performance, particularly in the first 10 minutes. We didn't start massively attacking. We, I think we thought we just need to soak up some pressure and let the Fulham style of play, you know, eventually it will happen and it will come out. And it didn't because they kept going and they did it for the full 90 minutes and absolute credit to them. Both wings, they were attacking us the full game. We didn't really know how to handle it. The amount of times the crosses went across the goal and just didn't have someone on the end of it could have been worse for us. Yeah, a couple of um, some decent saves from from Gazniga as well, and I think you can tell that that Critchley's obviously worked under Klopp because there is, there is that element of of that forward press and the fact that there's that relentless attitude and relentless nature about Blackpool and. You know, it's good for them and it's exciting to watch. And, you know, you know, you can see as fans why they are able to get behind that because it's a high-intensity style that people will like watching. And last question, George, uh, before we go on to a preview for Birmingham. And here's one for you as the stats head and the resident stats head of this podcast. Jason Atkins says, do we have a statistical issue with newly promoted teams away in the first quarter of the season? Oh, I knew that question was going to come to me. Um uh, oh, I don't know. I don't know. You do. Um, yes, I'll. I'll bat that back. Who asked? Who asked the question, Jack? Jason Atkins. Jason, um, go. You. You go. Take a look yourself, my friend. It'll. It'll take a long time to. Uh, to do that piece of work, and I imagine it's. Uh, it, it feels like quite a niche scenario we're talking about there. So, um, yeah, I. You may well be right, but it's. It's potentially a, a statistical niche that we. We don't need to worry about too much. 
Yeah, I, I think that there's an element where the Fulham, I think one of the, the ones that we probably could do slightly more is that Fulham aren't great off the back of international breaks. Um, we very rarely get good results when we come back off international breaks. Now, maybe there's something in that in that because of the way that the season sets up and because of the way that the Fulham, especially in the championship, obviously have probably a few more players going off to international duty than your average championship side. It does feel a little bit disjointed when we get back from these breaks. And, and perhaps Liz, that's something we need to think about and work on. Um, yeah. And, and I think, but again, I think that's where the, the likes of the, the rotation comes in. You know, I, I wrote an, um, an article last night um, for, for Hammy End um, and in it, I kind of alluded to the fact that, you know, we look so disjointed perhaps because we had so many of our play, even if they weren't playing for their countries, they were away with their countries. Um, and it meant that the lads back in the training pitch, you know, were never, it was never going to be like the a, a starting 11. So no, so no matter what you do on the training pitch, you're still going to have holes and you're going to have gaps. Um, and it does make it difficult to, to prepare. But I never intended that to be an excuse for what happened um, yesterday, because at the end of the day, we, we were outplayed in pretty much every department by, by, by Blackpool. Um, what I would say, though, is that we maybe need our, our coaching staff to be a little bit more aware of that. Um, and it sounds ridiculous, because like, let's be honest, they, um, you know, they're very well aware that we're going to have more players off at, at, um, in the international break than quite a lot, a lot of other teams in the, in the championship. Um, they know that. Um, but it felt to me like it was like, well, you know what, we're still going to put out um, all these players, doesn't matter how much travel they've, they've done, we're still going to put them out. Um, and I think that I would imagine we might see a change after the next international break, which is, let's be honest, in, in a month's time. And it'll be interesting to see what the team is straight after that, Matt, that, that, that one. Um, and it might show whether yesterday was just an off day or whether um, Silva does think it was it was a problem um, to do with the amount of players who were away and maybe had more minutes in their legs than um, we would maybe like at this stage in the season. Yeah, and it goes back to Hayley's point earlier about learning lessons from games like this and learning and making you know those mistakes they happen it's about how you you rectify them in the future um right after the break we are going to be looking forward to the birmingham game midweek don't go anywhere Welcome back to the Fulhamish podcast with me, Jack Collins, George Singer, Hayley Davidson and Lydia Campbell. And let's get on to Birmingham. We don't have too much time to mope and mourn after the Blackpool loss. We're back at it this week. We're back off to St Andrews or the trillion, billion, million trophy stadium, wherever it's called now. Um, but Lids, it's been a funny old start from Birmingham. They're seventh in the table, bit of a mixed bag, won three, drawn two, lost one. But this is a decent squad. Yeah, it, it absolutely is a decent squad. And um, what is going on at, at Birmingham is that they've just brought their, ta well, not their talisman back necessarily, but Troy Deeney is, uh, is a Birmingham City fan. Um, and they've brought brought him in, if you, if you aren't aware of that, um, on deadline day, they brought him in. And he's the sort of player who you would absolutely um, want um, in your, your in your team if you're kind of, there, thereabouts around the playoffs because he knows the league and he's scored an awful lot of goals. 
he's always the kind of player who plays with um, his heart on his sleeve anyway. That's going to be amplified given he's playing for his boyhood club. Um, so I would say we definitely need to be aware of his threat um, on, uh, on Wednesday night. Um, and yeah, as you say, they've been very inconsistent, kind of draw, loss, win, draw, win. Um, they've scored nine goals, so not only four off what we have. And look, let's remember, they're only three points away from us. Yeah. Um, goal difference isn't quite as good, but you know, it shows you again how tight the, this league is. Um, what I would say is that our our uh, defenders will particularly have to be aware of the threat of of, of Troy Deeney, as I think he's um, a massive coup for, for them as a championship club. Yeah, I mean, there's there's plenty of experience in this side uh, as well. Hayley, you look at Harley Dean, you look at Mark Roberts, Maxime Collin. They've been around for a long time. We also have this kind of interesting thing that they do where they sort of shift between a 4-4-2 and a 3-4-3. And Jeremy Baylor basically becomes a left wing back at times. And we saw already this season in the in the, in the Middlesbrough game that the left wing backs can hurt us. And we, we've seen that Fulham can be got out when you get those overloads and you do end up with that three at the back and the way that that Hawkshing shaped out. So there's obviously going to be you know different ways and different setups in this side, but in Jukovic, in Hogan, now in Dini, there's there's plenty of experience up top. In Ryan Woods, they've got a wonderful player in the middle. I've always really rated. I remember him being at Brentford and just being absolutely everywhere. He's like their own little Harrison Reed, really. Um, and and there's a lot of you know Tyth Chong's here, and this is a major coup, I think. And you know, Liz just said it there about uh, about Troy Dini, but Tyth Chong, I think, is is going right to the very top, and and a season in the Championship is going to do nothing but bowls to him his confidence so you know there's plenty of kind of well there's plenty of experience there's a little bit of youth coming through as well it's, it's a nicely balanced squad yeah and I mean I think my concern for uh, the game is probably how we set up our own defense um I might be a bit controversial but I'd maybe start Mawson ahead of uh Reem for this I think he covered quite well when he came on Stoke game he covered there and I just think that there's potential for Mawson to be coming into this team I mean I'm going to touch every wooden thing and hope that he can stay injury free for a while but I would love to see Mawson join this team and start playing regularly again and a game like this I think it could be really interesting for him to start perhaps starting to lead this defense because I do think from um, yesterday's performance uh, we are going to need someone that's actually uh, holding that line again I don't think Reem's out at all for the season. It's nothing like that at all. But I think this could be a potential game for him to start instead. Yeah, I mean, there's that physicality, isn't there, George? And you look at Jukovic in particular and you think maybe maybe Mawson being able to, you know, have a little bit more of that, that fight in the air might might actually work for it. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I think, you know, with um, Hogan, Jukovic and Chong, who do play all quite centrally, um, you saw how much we struggled against the uh, the two man Blackpool strike force when you add a, a third man on there. You know maybe there's a, a risk there. So I, I'd fully echo what said and also to kind of piggyback on uh, on Haley's uh, previous topic about Harrison Reed. Um, you know perhaps bringing him in um, if possible, perhaps in instead of Jean Michel Seri, who you know be harsh to drop him. But I wonder whether Harrison Reed might offer a bit more um, kind of bite in midfield um, would support the centre-backs a bit more and I'd I'd love to see us kind of return to uh, the good old days with uh, with Kevin McDonald kind of often dropping back to become that third centre-back you know I'd love to see Harrison Reid do a fulfil a similar role and 
you know, against a, a front three, having an extra midfield who can drop back and, you know, uh, uh, and uh, mark man to man might be quite a useful one. To, uh, might be quite a useful kind of lineup to go with. Yeah, I mean, Liz, I was going to come on to asking you what what lineup you'd go with. So I'm going to ask each of you in turn. But how, how would you set us up on on Wednesday night? Um, so I I would agree with Healy. Actually, I think um I think it might be good to um try Mawson in in centre back fr- from the beginning. Um, I don't necessarily think Reims done anything wrong. I just think we could do with um a bit of a freshening up. Um, I would start with Brian as well. Um, at left back again. I think just sake of freshening things up um i would stick with siri but i would bring harrison reed in for um josh onima i didn't think he had a particularly brilliant game the other day um whereas i still think siri um on his day is head and shoulders pretty much above anyone in the division um i think we um have a, a wonderful player there on his day being the key um the key the key words there um but harrison reed i think we need to we need to um bring back in um i think it looked when he did come on the um yesterday or on 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 saturday instantly he was you know telling players where to go he was um trying to g to g everyone up um and i don't think we had that in the center of the pitch um with um kina um anima or siri so i think we need someone who's going to be a bit of a leader in there um and then i would like to see um muniz um come in but i'm not exactly sure what his best position is like is it going to be coming in from the wide or is it no, going I to think be it's going to be straight down the middle straight down the middle well if he's going to come straight down the middle then we we possibly if, if Carvalho isn't um ready yet then I suppose you could have Mitrovic and um Kina in there you know Kina playing ju- just behind him just to see how that works um but yeah I, I I would be going for probably three or four changes on um on on Wednesday night um, more for the, the fact that a lot of our players looked pretty shattered yesterday. Um, I think this league is all about rotation um, and managing um, the amount of games that, that, that you have. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. I mean, Hayley, we know that you're bringing Harrison Reed in. Any other changes you'd make aside from, from Mawson at the back? <laughs> I just love Harrison. Um, no, I think that's about it. I mean, I guess it is, it's either Mitra or Muniz, which is going to be the interesting one, unless we can find a way for playing them uh, both together. I guess the only other question is, can um, Wilson come back in on uh, for this game? I'm not actually sure. If, if he's rested, then perhaps he could be back in. Um, and perhaps him over Caviero. But uh, yeah, I think that's it. I think it's going to be a really tough game in midfield. So you just need as much physicality as possible. So I would probably put Reed in over Seri and keep Onima in that team. Uh, I, I agree with you, Lydia. I don't think Onima did have the best game uh, yesterday. But I do just love the physical presence that he gives us in midfield. Um, which hopefully uh, will be pretty important for us uh, for this game. So I'll stick with that. Yeah, I, I think there's an interesting one, George, in that you know none of us here are, have been the biggest advocates of, of Anthony Knocker, and he's still quite far down the pecking order, it seems. Um, you know, he's not been in squads. We, we, we've seen kind of almost nothing of him since that preseason game against Charlton. But I was thinking yesterday that, you know, there was a, an element that Fulham didn't get in behind the fullbacks at all. And in, in Cabano, in Caviero, we have a lot of players who are incredibly talented. Um, you know, it's, it's only really Bobby Reid and Knockart who really get behind their fullbacks and start to kind of try and play that over the top ball. And I was interested just to see if that gives Fulham a, a little bit of an extra dimension, especially when we're, you know, flinging balls into the box. 
you know, to be able to get over that side of the fullback and get behind them does give you something slightly different. I, I mean, that, that's what that's not me saying. That's it. not me saying play him. It's just me saying there's something to think about. It's um, yeah, no. Uh, the, the fact that we've got a player like Anthony Knockart, who was Championship Player of the Season only kind of three or four years ago, uh, languishing barely on our bench. You know, if if that doesn't show the strength of our squad, I'm not sure what does. I think for me. Whilst um, it, there's there's certainly a, a lot that he offers in that regard, he's very quick, he works very hard. Just the frustration he brings me as a fan of at every opportunity cutting inside and trying to score a worldie, and I know he can do it. There was um, the you know the Premier League do like a goal of the day thing on Twitter, and today it was his for Brighton in the Premier League, and you watch it and you're like, ah. Oh, like when it works, he he's a wonderful player, and uh, you know he can score absolute worldies. But for every one of those, there's ninety nine shots from outside the box which go straight into Rosette. Um, and unless he, at the age of twenty nine or thirty or, or however old he is, wants to stop doing that, uh, until he uh, he stops going for those kind of shots. For me, I, I don't really want to see him that close to the uh, to the starting lineup. Who would you start on the wings, George? Um, I think if so, well, Harry Wilson is is choice number one. Um, and for me, I, I still think Cavallero is the best kind of option for the other wing. Um, I love Bobby Reed, but I'm still not sure we found his best position. Um, I remember him terrorising uh, the championship when he played as that kind of second striker for Bristol City. Um, and I, I think that role suits him best. I don't think right wing is his best position. I don't think he's quick enough. I don't think he's direct enough. I certainly don't think right wing back, even though he's uh, he's played pretty well there. I don't think that's his best position. I, I think for me, I, I love to see him kind of in and around the box, almost as a second striker, almost as a bit of a, bit of a poacher. Um, you know, I, I don't think... He he's the best option of wings. So yeah, Wilson and, and Caballero for me. Yeah, fair enough. I, I think I'd like to see it too. I'd like to see if, if Cavallo is out again and, and he's not playing, I think it would be nice to see Bobby Reed in that 10 role. I think if you could get him to play that kind of very, very close behind Mitrovic role that, that Cavallo has played so well over the course of this season, I think you, you, you might be able to get a, a fair bit of joy out of Bobby Reed and um, I think you, you're right in that you know his his versatility makes him obviously a manager's dream in so many ways, but also it does occasionally hold him back in terms of we don't fully know where he's going to play at any given moment. Right, I think that is pretty much all we got time for on today's Fulhamish podcast. Just before we go, we have a couple of things to do. And first and foremost, I want to just give a quick shout out to Danny Baxter from Banbury, who was playing for Banbury United today. Uh, we met him yesterday in Blackpool and he was having a great time. He asked if he could have a shout out. So shout out to Danny Baxter from Banbury. And George, over to you. You need to name this podcast. Absolutely. So um, the previous ones I did for on Instagram, but I'll jump for Twitter for the name. Um, the one that got the most likes, uh, The International Break with B-R-A-K-E. Um, oh, very good. Very Love good. a bit of wordplay. Very good. Um, I, I was hoping you were going to go for Clockwork Orange, but I, um, <laughs> I do appreciate that, that sometimes you just have to give the will of the people what they deserve. And that is a very good bit of wordplay. So congratulations. All right. All that's left for me to do is to say thank you very much to George Singer. Thank you, mate. Thank you very much, Lydia Campbell. Thanks, Jack. It's been a pleasure. 
And thank you very much. And congratulations on a wonderful Fulhamish debut to Hayley Davidson. Oh, thanks for having me. It's been a real pleasure, Hayley. Um, thank you so much for coming on and hope to have you on again very soon. Uh, I've been Jack Collins. This has been the Fulhamish podcast. We hope we will be making things better at the Billion Trillion Trophy Stadium on Wednesday night. Until then, you right. <laughs>